Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Today, we are talking education, homeschooling, all the things. It's a hot topic, especially among parents of younger kids and older kids. I mean, I can only relate because I only have the younger ones uh, during the pandemic with all the changes, virtual school. And so I am going to bring on my two guests today, Chauncey Childs and Sean Eastman. But before I do, let me give you a quick background about these two lovely people. So first, Chauncey is the mother of six children who began her home education journey nearly 25 years ago. She used a method she terms interest-based mentorship to encourage and guide her children towards self-motivated learning. Today, all of her children are grown and college-educated in a variety of disciplines. Shane is the father of two girls and homeschooled them both. He is a military veteran and owns a digital agency that offers marketing services to businesses. She and uh, Chauncey and Shane Eastman started the OWL Home Education Network to offer alternatives, resources, and connections to educators, mentors, coaches, and parents in their quest to craft a more personalized first-class education for children. Chauncey continues to work in the home education space with parents and her own grandchildren and promotes interest-based mentorship of, on the Home Education Today podcast and YouTube channel and on her blog, home owl home education network.com blog.com we'll have that link in the show notes because it's a lengthy one and so i'd like to welcome chauncey childs and shane eastman to the podcast welcome both of you thank you very much thank you heather you're so welcome we have the entire united states covered we've got shane in massachusetts i'm central in texas and chauncey you said you were in oregon oregon portland yeah Yep. And so we're all hanging in there. Um, so before we start, I'm going to ask both of you a question, same question, and you guys can answer how you like. So my questions are, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Oh, I'm going to have to say, uh, white chocolate cranberry. Um, Ooh. yeah, that's, mm. that's gotta be my hands down favorite oatmeal or not depends on the day. Um, and my favorite cookie memory, gosh, you know, um, I just was six kids. How, how can you pick? <laughs> you baked a lot. <laughs> baked a lot, baked of, a lot of cookies. <laughs> right. Yeah. And speak, well, cranberries are big in, in Massachusetts. All the bogs are there. So that's right. probably exciting. <laughs> well, so for me, you know, I have to not be interesting, but uh, my favorite is um, the classic you know, chocolate chip cookie, you know, fresh. This is a common, oven. common answer. I, that's yeah. fine. But Shane, is, Shane, do you add vanilla pudding to your cookies? Cause that's what? the secret. Oh what? yeah. Oh, vanilla pudding is the secret to all great cookies. You, you add that to all cookies. Well, you can add chocolate if you're doing like a chocolate chunk, but you know, you gotta add vanilla pudding. Instantly. Never heard that. Yeah. Small packet. It's a secret. I just gave oh. it away. So I'll never make my million dollars now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, my mom was an okay cook, but man, she was a phenomenal baker. And to the point where when she made cookies, 
it was like she was like the Pied Piper when it came to you know a fresh batch of cookies because there was nothing like them. So the neighborhood kids would all race and try to get at least one cookie. Oh wow! I mean, I feel like you're either really good at cooking or really good at baking. I learned how to cook a couple of years ago because I was couldn't feed my kids like freezer stuff anymore, and I just I never cared for it because I think everyone's tastes are different. So you can do more salt, less salt, whatever with baking. It's so precise. So you really can't mess it up unless maybe your ingredients, like your butter's too cold or whatever, but that's something you learn later. So I like baking because it was so concise. Like it's just, if you can, what my parents, my mom used to say is if you can read, you can cook. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> she doesn't cook, but she doesn't cook. So I love how she like puts that out there and she's a reading specialist, but she doesn't cook. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> My mom's a reading specialist too. And oh, she could not cook. No, they don't have time. That's what she said. There was a few time. things. There was a few things. But right. Yeah. Like for like a holiday, like a big, right. like a, right. Yeah. Right. Well, let's, let's jump in. So um, you guys are both parents. Um, how old are your kid, kids, Shane? I know that you said that you've got grandkids now, Chauncey. Yeah. Uh, do you have younger kids as well or, or older for you, Shane? My girls are uh, seven and five. So oh, young. Same. My, yeah. mine are going to be seven and five in two weeks in, in May. So um, yeah. we're okay, right there. What, in what it. day, what day are, is, are these May birthdays? So uh, May 13th is my uh, going to be seven-year-old and May 15th is going to be my five-year-old. And then May 15th is my oldest half birthday. So they're exactly three and a half years apart because there's two kids with two birthdays right there. So yeah, luckily my my youngest is the seventh and the ninth of May. So, oh, so you get it. August August vacations, right? We're all, we're all about that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's a a big birthday. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because my seven and five-year-old are now finally getting closer. They used, they fought really hard. And when you have three, you know, you've got an imbalance, mm-hmm. right. But it's nice to see those two finally. And also I think it's because they're both Gemini and they're both just super hard headed. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 it's such a fun age though. So oh, yeah, Love I think it. I'm throwing my fifth. No, nah, I want to say fifth, probably my second or third birthday in a row now of a Spider-Man birthday for my, he just loves it. I'm like, pick something else. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> So you guys do, you said you homeschool both of them right now and you homeschooled all of your kiddos. So let's jump in a little bit to why and what Al is, and I'll let you guys roll with it. Well, yeah. So essentially my wife and I made the decision um, after many months of deliberation, the massive catalyst, of course, like everybody else in our boat and kids our age is COVID. Um, it really kind of pushed us over the edge and it just kind of gave us that nudge that we needed. And, um, but we considered it all along only just because of the quality of education that we were seeing from other homeschoolers. My wife's um, best childhood friend was homeschooled and she always felt that she got so much more of an education than she did. And and just always considered her very intelligent and so forth. And it's just because of the education she got. And uh, of course I was introduced to it from different family members and uh, previously. And um, so I was open to the idea, uh, just figuring out how are we going to make that happen? Uh, 
but like I said, COVID kind of pushed us into that direction. You know, we didn't want to send our girls to school with masks and so forth. And, um, and just with everything else going on, we thought it was like, okay, let's go ahead and do this. Well, fortunately, our really good family friends uh, also were making that same choice. And they turned us on to a particular program that really works out well for us. And we are incredibly happy that we have started doing it. And not only have we started, but we're very much committed for their entire 12 years of school to be homeschooling because it's just the level of education they're getting right now. I mean, they're five and seven and they're learning Latin. And, wow. uh, and are and, you teaching them or do you have someone coming in there and helping them with it? Or is your so wife helping? It's mostly my wife and my mother-in-law that do majority of the teaching. I step in and do help out with the reading and or like the math and such, but, uh, you know, it's just crazy. I was walking through the homeschool room one day when they were actually getting their one, one of their math lessons and they're already talking algebra and I was like, wow. And they're like picking it up. They're talking about associative principles and cumulative principles and so forth. And I'm like, uh, hello, they're five and seven, but no, right. they were, they were re- re- spitting and reciting it right back to them. No problem. They had a full understanding of what it meant and, I was just blown wow. away. So, Do you teach them at the same time? Uh, yes. Yep. We um, sometimes will, like if one of them stronger in a particular language or, you know, uh, subject, we will separate them for that and let the other person excel while we let the other person work through uh, what they're working on. Interesting. And, uh, yep. So it's very flexible, very versatile to being able to match what the needs are at that moment. Right. And that was what was difficult because with COVID happening at the end of my oldest kindergarten year, he didn't get to technically finish it. Um, we then, you know, nothing was figured out. So it was just kind of figuring that out and, and it was kind of a wash. Right. And he's my oldest, so I don't have a lot of experience with the school system. And so we were just kind of, and I felt like he lost out and was behind And then when first grade started, my daughter was going into kinder virtually and I was ended up becoming a, uh, basically a tech person. Like I can't mute. I can't unmute. I can't. And I was like, I cannot do this. (laughs) I'm in one room. I'm in the other room that she's, my daughter's yelling at the computer screen and I'm like, you're muted. Like (laughs) it's, it was just awful. I was like, this is, this has got to be a better way. And I'm like, I, I feel like homeschool would, the person is in, in the class or in the, maybe, I mean, there's lots of different ways you can do it. You could do pods. You know, there was a lots of different things happening. Right. Absolutely. So how about you, Chauncey? Oh, mine's a long story. I don't, I don't know how much, how, how long you want to go, but um, <laughs> I started back in 1997. My oldest was actually um, going, going to be going into eighth grade. And <clears throat> I didn't ha- hadn't had my last baby yet. I was just pregnant with my my youngest. And um, my my older three really struggled in school. They um, were very kinesthetic learners. You know, early on, my daughter was uh, in fourth grade, still not reading. I mean, she could sound out words, but she couldn't uh, tell you. You know, she'd read something, and I'd say, "Okay, well, what? You know, tell me about that." Comprehension. No, no clue. No clue what did she so focused on just getting the words sounded out, you know, 
And then uh, my youngest was coming out of kindergarten and he was, they were all just struggling. Um, and then they introduced, I was sitting on the school site councils. I was aiding in the classroom, despite having five children trying to make some progress and doing a lot of homework at night. Uh, the homework packets, you know, that they, mm-hmm. used to- oh, the homework is a real, it's, it's, it's a problem. Well, it was even worse then because, oh, I know really, my sister really would come home with just, yeah. I mean, it was insane it, on how much homework she had. Yeah. And so, um, I sat on a school site council in the spring of 1997 and they introduced a, a critical race theory curriculum. Most people think this is a new thing. This has been going on for at least 25 years. Uh, that was funded by a grant from the um, federal government with the Native American tribe where we lived at the time. And in a nutshell, or to make a long story short, the curriculum involved my son writing an apology letter, uh, several, several of them, and doing, you know, repentance for what had gone on in the history of that town with the Native Americans and the, and the whites moving in. Um, he was going to be writing apology letters to the native kids in the class. And I said, Oh gosh, we're not doing that. Oh my, we're, we're not doing that. And, and that fell on deaf ears because the curriculum hard to be written. We were just supposed to be rubber stamping it. So that was just kind of the last straw for me. And, um, I pulled all my kids out and we just, I didn't, I didn't know a family that homeschooled. I was in a very isolated community in 1997 that the internet was just getting started. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have access to it. And uh, <clears throat> I didn't have a book. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. And my parents, as we mentioned, my parents were, were public education uh, teachers retired at the time. Were they backed me in the corner in, in my in my kitchen and said, "This you are going to ruin your children. You this is the most foolish, ridiculous thing we've ever heard. You must not do this. You are going. Your children are going to be uh, unable to function. They will not be able to go to college. This is just mm-hmm. what are you thinking? You know, and you're pregnant." And I said, you know, you could be totally right. I may be completely, but I'm going to try it. I'm just going to jump in and do this because it's not working. What is, what is happening uh, in our, with my kids is not working. And I never looked back and I've never regretted a minute. It was not easy, but it's. Oh no, I bet. I mean, every, every child is so different too, because every, not everyone learns the same. And then I feel like seeing what I've seen through my sister working through all the schools that she has. And now like I used to sit at a desk. That's how I learned. That's what we did. And now they have flex spaces and makers, maker spaces. I'm like, um, you know, they want to do outside learning and inside learning. I'm like, can we just teach them? Like what's wrong with just, just doing (laughs) school the way it is. And I understand that they, they do inclusion and all the things, which I'm totally for as long as there's resources to help keep everyone going on their own levels. And I think with the public school system, they're just spread so thin and they're also at the mercy of the, of the policies that they have to do. And I've watched my sister have to go in through all of these hoops as a principal at a public school. And she's like, well, this is what we have to do and going to a private school. So my kids are in private school right now. And it's so nice because they get to dictate what they want to do. But I also, with my parents being in the education, they're like, well, they would be failing if they're struggling now here, they would be failing in public school. I'm like, well, not necessarily. They just, they were never in school at the time they were doing half days. And if my kid coughed, it was like COVID come home. I'm like, I can't teach her. She's missing out. So there's just all these things. And I know it was an evolving, but now 
I think a lot of parents have gone to homeschooling, private schooling pods because they like to have the control because we felt so out of control at that point. Like we were at the mercy of what they wanted us to do because that was the school they went to. Right. Right. And I think, um, you know, the first thing that you, and, and I don't know if you want to strictly talk about homeschooling or if you want to talk about the po- problems of the public school, but, but you're right. Parents are responding to the fact that there's so much going on in the public school with mandates and with, um, you know, curriculums and with philosophies and that parents are just like, where are the academics and, and where is my kid falling they feel very uh, insecure about the fact that their child is not just learning social um, engineering stuff. They're actually getting prepared academically for something in life. And, you know, my own personal philosophy is that if education doesn't bring meaning and purpose to your life, it's not really education, right? It's just indoctrination of some sort, even teaching a child a language or teaching them something that you think could be useful, if it doesn't bring meaning to the child, if the child doesn't understand how to apply that, if they don't feel like it's enriching their life on some level, then it's, it's wasted time. Right. And my, my dad's a history teacher and he was a history major. And so he constantly talks about how they're like learning about certain things. And I get it like history, we could go far back and everything like that whether it's right, wrong, that was the time you still have to learn about it. You learn the facts about historical things. We can't change them. Okay. We can not agree or disagree with them, but that's what happened in history and you need to educate them. And then you understand like why this side looked at it this way and why this side looked at that way. You can agree with either one, but this is what happened. This is the result of the war or whatever. You can't change history because of the society, like the social things right. going on now right. and being and PC. One the, right. One of the biggest problems with um, the way that they're teaching history now, if you wanted to address history, is, is they're teaching it from presentism, from an idea of presentism. So we're going to judge what happened 100, 100 years ago, 200 years or 500 years ago on our standards, on our morality, on our understanding of what's right and wrong. And right. teaching for presentism is... Is, is nothing but defeatist, right? And you don't sure. learn that you don't learn the lessons of history by simply condemning people. You only learn them through understanding, like you're saying, both sides of the of the argument and saying, how are we in our day going to make sure that we don't repeat those those lessons? And you start eliminating uh, events of the Civil War, for instance. Right. For, well, yes, because back then, then that you, was then you get, you get nothing. Right. And, and then you have to realize that, and we might be way off topic, but for like civil war times or it, that was the law. They were allowed to do those things. They were allowed to have property. People were property. They were allowed to do that. Was it right? Was it wrong? Of course it was wrong, but then it was, they were allowed to do it and people chose whether to participate or not. That's their choice. So that's on them. But the overall legal standpoint, that was the law. Obviously, it got abolished, of course, like hurrah, and that's the right thing to do, and thank God for it. But you can't punish someone for, and you can't really judge someone based off of that was law. You can judge maybe on their character, but maybe they didn't know any better because no one had an upbringing or they, you know, 
there, you know, it, it's, Whatever it's one it of those is. things where we can look at it from the present and be like, gosh, but then that's, we didn't have the internet. That's just a different way. That's how we lived like pandemic. We could look back two years ago when it first hit and be like, gosh, why did we do that? Cause we know so much more now, like that was dumb, but and, like, and if you think that people, what we do, yeah. And if you think people a hundred years from now are going to be looking at our society and just going, what were they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I exactly. guarantee oh they're going to be going, what were they thinking? How could right. they not know? still looking back at like the spork, like what is like, really, what is this thing? Like, why would someone need this? You know, or, you know, it's just like little things they, they, that they, you just, you, yeah. <laughs> there's so many, there's so much, there's so much. Right. Yeah. So having control now you want to have control over your kids education. You know, when you send them to school, you never know what you're going to get. You know, I've got friends that are therapists for, for kids. Now there's a lot of politically correct pronouns and things to use. And I understand that. And that's a personal choice, but that is a social thing. And we need to still be teaching them how to read, how to write. Like, yeah, too much time being taken up. Right. And I think that's where Shane was coming from uh, when he realized, you know, the catalyst being the pandemic and going, there's so much more that we can be teaching our children. And I don't care whether it's Latin and algebra at age five and seven, or if it's teaching kids an appreciation for nature or music or just letting them play and grow up at their own. I mean, my kids never could have done that. Like all my kids are college educated now, but my kids never would have responded to what, what Shane is doing. And that's the beauty of taking back that control, what you're saying, Um, we did a lot more hands-on stuff. You know, we had to do, we just had, that's just the way they learned. The older kids learned and the younger kids being brought up in the system, simply it's kind of weird, but they just sort of absorbed knowledge. (laughs) Like my youngest, I never taught him to read. He just Mm -hmm. picked up a book and started reading one day because he'd been hearing it all his life. He'd been sitting there at the table, you know, on the floor as we were working on things at the table, playing with Legos. And one day he, and, and, and when I discovered he could read, I, I also found out he was already, he was six, but he could all already tell all the time. He knew all about money. He had all these other math skills I had never taught him. So um, this is just what happens. It's very spontaneous. It can be really, and, and, and Shane is experiencing it. And, yeah. and we did too in our family. And, and that's why, you know, one thing that our parents are very, have been very, very concerned about and I read a lot of, do a lot of reading every day, uh, kept, you know, finding out the pain points of people and where they are, you know, coming down. The, the thing you hear over and over is the socialization and they're behind, they're behind. And I, I wish I could abolish the word behind. Yes, because everyone learns there's no such pace. There's no such no. thing. We don't no. stop learning at 18. We graduate from high school. Nobody's a finished product at 18. And there's, there is no such thing as behind what's in states words and and why they're testing. That's why they put so much emphasis on the state testing and because that's how they get their funding. Right. And that's just all about money. Unfortunately, it's just, I mean, they, the schools, at least how I come to understand it, they were doing half days every Wednesday at noon. I'm like, that is the middle of the work day on a Wednesday. Like what are parents supposed to do when they have to come yeah. home at 1130 and I still have to work 
and I have to entertain three children or two children. And like, it's all because they overscheduled school, but they could half the days I would like just pick a day once a month or every other week to just be off. I'd rather have a yeah. whole day off of the kids than half a day, go get them. Right. It, it, what's the purpose of taking them to school for three hours? There's none. And it interrupts Definitely. my day and everyone else's, but all because of funding where, oh, well, we are already getting paid for these days so we can just do X, Y, Z. It's, it was just so frustrating. Agreed. Shane, you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, so absolutely. Because it's just basically, it's disruptive to the learning style. And um, and being able to, the great thing about homeschooling is we start learning when the kids are ready to learn. You know, mm-hmm. we don't always, we don't get up at, it's not regimented. And we find that, okay, sometimes the girls will get up and they'll actually start school all on their own and start a process. But because they're starting it all on their own, they're more motivated to actually sit there and learn and, you know, process the, they play school and uh, all on their own. And, but they're learning, they're, they're studying with each other and they don't realize what they're doing. Right. So it's, it's developing skills. It's self-starter too. Like you have to, Mm -hmm. like, we all work from home. Well, a lot of us do. Not everyone can work from home. Not everyone right. can get motivated to start unless you have to go somewhere. Right, right. And then so, and then there's other times where they'll get up and they, well, we just want to play. And it's like, okay, fine, let's play. And then we get to a certain point in the day. And it's like, okay, we're, we're running out of time here. So let's, let's do something, be productive. But um, it's just, you know, t- you know, learning for the sake of, passing a test for funding is the exact opposite of what you should be doing for a child when they're trying to learn. Because right. you think about like, uh, I'm going to use the analogy of we throw popcorn into a, a skillet to pop popcorn. We cover it oil and then we turn on the heat. We don't condemn all the kernels that pop last because they pop last. They still taste the same. Right. It's a Kids good, are the same analogy. Way. You know, I mean, it's, kids are magical all in their own time is like, they don't, they blossom and grow in their own time. And when they were designed to be developed and um, just let it happen, let them do it on their own schedule, if you will. Uh, yeah. Now some, now some parents might be hearing this and saying, well, I don't have the luxury of doing a homeschool. I can't hire a tutor. Um, I have to, they have to go to school. That's my break, whatever it is. And that's great. The platform that we're going to dive into with is, does that help at least supplement the things that they might not be getting at school? Because my kid, like I just got a paper home and they're in private school and they came in behind quote unquote, because whatever to their standards. And it's a pub, it's a private school. They get to mandate what they want. And they're already like, they need tutoring. They need this. They need that. Well, again, like I'm only spread so thin and we can only do so much and maybe they're not ready yet. Or maybe you should just let him count on his fingers. That's a whole nother story. Like they just won't let him count on his fingers. I'm like, what? why not? Like, I still count on my fingers. I'm 37 years old. Like they're not going to cut your fingers off when we get, like, we you get along. Society. Yeah. We get along. Yeah. yeah. I do, I do so, too, just for the record. Right. Or they do math facts. And, the, and my mom and my mom's like, that's ancient. I'm like, I don't know if it works, it works. That's their curriculum. 
at least they're in school. At least they have their friends. At least they're, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's basically, mm-hmm. and they get to go and they're happy and, and everything. like, And they're learning a lot more than I feel like they were before, right. but how would one who has to, they don't have a choice or maybe they need, um, the pr- private schools don't typically have the, uh, services. services that we yeah. could get for like special needs and things like that. Uh, I was really grateful because my youngest didn't, my oldest didn't talk for a while. We put him in a free program. It was amazing. And he <clears throat> thrived in there. It was wonderful. And so that that's the public school system. So there's pros and cons to everything, but you know, how does one do both? Well, that's what, that's what our platform is, is hoping to fill that gap. Heather, we, uh, we started this because we saw that there are so many different situations mm. that people are up against, right? There, there are just endless, every, every, every family has almost a unique situation that they're in. And so <clears throat> we decided we would make a connection point for providers and parents and students, coaches, mentors <clears throat> to come together and solve those problems. Yeah, that, that's the whole point of it. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, you, you think of, um, we, we, we originally said it's going to be like the Angie's list, right, of, of education. So anybody who has a teacher who would like to earn a little extra money or tutoring in, in the summer or in, I, most teachers don't have any time during the year uh, in the public system from what I've read anyway, but uh, they decide, retired teachers, whoever, even parents, you know, you feel like you can't teach your kids to read, but I feel like I could teach your kids to read. I don't have a college education and um, I, I feel like I could do that. And there are many parents who do feel like, I mean, even up to like eighth grade, I could do, I could t- tutor somebody in math and history and whatever subjects they want to do. Of course I have mm-hmm. been doing that for many years, but uh, there's a lot of people out there that can use the knowledge and skills that they've gained Um teaching anything you can think of. And so we're, we're encouraging everybody to, to go out there. Like Heather, you could probably teach somebody how to do a podcast. <laughs> you could teach a kid how to do a podcast. I mean, you could really yep. literally put a little course out there for children who want to learn how to podcast. So I like the way that you stated that. So your platform is like an Angie's list. So you're basic, you can go, you know, for, I mean, that's genius because then you're, because most of the time you're looking on Facebook and groups and looking for things and, you know, have a platform that you could just go one-stop shop. Right. And exactly. I'm sure you check your references and all those as well. Yes. Yes. We, yeah, have, that's we have a background check. Our, yeah. Background check every provider before they can even create or have their listing published, their background check has to come back and be verified and, uh, and so forth. And yeah, it's very much a, you know, Angie's list, um, whatever it is you might be looking for, even just for one subject, let's say you're weak in a particular subject, or if it's for a full-on curriculum, you want them to come into your house and say, I want someone to hire someone to teach my three kids. And uh, you know, because I'm unable to do that, or because we have two very successful working families and uh, members uh, of the family, and they just doesn't make sense for them to leave their job to do that. But um, just anything you can think of, we're going to be like all things homeschool or alternative education as a central hub. And there's also going to be eventually a support forum in there. So let's say, hey, you have a question about, you know, I'm having a hard time getting an idea for this situation. 
people are going to be able to talk on this open forum and, you know, bounce ideas off of each other and just community support uh, uh, just about what can you do? You know, this curriculum works really good. It's like, I have a child that has ADHD or, um, uh, you know, I suffer with someone who's on a spectrum and, yeah. So what, what would you recommend? So basically it's going to be just a really good support area and a resource for people just to come together and get through this and get amazing education, no matter what your background is. Form a pod, form a micro school, form a private school for your community. Right. So there's a lot of social, it's a social aspect. It's a marketplace. It's Right. It's for the, just a, yeah. Yeah. For the, for the, for the person, a lot of people like to bring their kids out of school during the junior high years. Cause this is just, I've, I've heard awful that awful years. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of, a lot of people do that. It starts so, so young too with, with kids, six, sixth grade, right. My sixth, sixth grade. My, right. My, my almost seven, she's going to be seven. She's got, she suffers from vitiligo and we started treating it when she was three, when we started last year or the year before, um, when it was not very bad, but it, it, it looked bad at us. It's now gotten, it, we got it pretty good. And then we stopped and we eased up and then she's now very stressed due to some things that are going on here at the house and it's everywhere, but she's seven now opposed to being four or five when she was in school. And she's like, well, people are asking me about it and why won't they go away? And so that's already starting. And she's in first grade. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're being mean about it, but it's, she's feeling some sort of way. And when I started treating it, I felt badly treating it because I was bringing attention to it early when it wasn't bothering her, but I was trying to prevent this. And so I could imagine as they're going, I'm seeing her like being clicky with girls now. I mean, I have two boys and a girl. She's my only girl, but it's like, it starts early. And so kids are brutal. Yeah. And now that everybody's got screens, it's just, it's terrible. Um, A lot of things that are going on and Mm -hmm. yeah, read a book called glow kids um, for that. And also a book called hold on to your kids. Those two books are the basis for a course I'm putting together because, um, they're two of the biggest problems. We're losing our kids because uh, they're attaching to other peers or they're, you know, viewing their social situation as more important than it's the most important thing. Right. And screens really exacerbates that. I couldn't imagine being in high school with social media. I mean, I think my space was like brand new when I was in high school, that was about (laughs) it. You know, Facebook came out when I was a sophomore in college, like, and it was just for college kids like at the yeah. time. It wasn't for everyone. So it's evolved. Yeah. It's so, and I make my living so off much. of social media, but yeah. you also have to remember that there's little eyes watching and like my kids are already asking for phones. I'm like, what do you need a phone for? Who are you calling? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, don't do it. No, don't do it. Don't and do I said, it. the only phone I will ever get you guys is with a mom button and a dad button. <laughs> and that is it in case of emergencies. And you yeah. guys know our phone number. Like, there's, you're going to be around an adult at some point. If you're not with me, with someone with a phone. So I just, I I really, really feel, I mean, like I say, I have 11 grandkids. My daughter remarried and brought two more uh, stepsons into her marriage and boy, it's a, it's tough out there. It is tough. The screens are just, they're just, I didn't get a phone until I was 16. My parent just got me one at 16. I could have gotten one earlier. They're like, you don't need one. They gave me one when I got my license. Like, well, you're driving. You need a, you need a cell phone. And then they gave my 15 year old sister one. I was like, well, Hey, and she goes, well, she needs someone to call for a ride. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I, did, I never gave my kids phones. I made them earn it. 
they had to, yeah. they had to earn and their and own it was phones. a Nokia brick. It wasn't even a smart, it was before, but like <laughs> that. And I said like, well, I didn't get, I also had to sign a contract for my car. Yeah. They're like, be like, right. you will not hang out the window. I mean, I, t- I have a real follower. <laughs> so, you know, it's a yeah. whole thing. So there's no purpose. Mm. Yes. Maybe for safety. And now that there's tracking, I like that, that there, you can track and see where they are. If they're walking to school, I could see reasons why, but you sure, don't have to give them full some, access to a computer. Right. And so there's some good reasons for that, but more and more people are going to find that they can't compete. I mean, i I feel strongly, I'm, I'm not a prophetess or anything, but I just feel strongly that more and more parents are going to see that the, the tech and, you know, the peer orientation is just taking over their kids. It's, it's already, it's just exact. It, it has accelerated so badly just in the last six or seven years and it's going to get worse. It's not, it's just overtaking our kids. Kids find it if it's available too. Yeah. More, more and more parents will be, will be bringing their kids out of that culture and trying to keep their family culture intact. And because they all have iPads now, even, you know, you get iPads or some sort of Chromebook. Right. Right. Yes. They give it to them in school. And so you, you, you're just overwhelmed. I mean, you have no ability to control that at all. And as, as more kids are, are being lost to the anxiety, the depression, the cutting, you know, the self-harm, all these things that are going on, early sexualization is bad. Um, more and more parents will see they, they have to, they just, they can't, they got to get out of that culture. And the only way to do it is at home. So we wanted to provide this platform so that, you know, you can, you can, you can find somebody who will come into your home once a week and, and meet with your kids and the rest of the time be virtual. You can find people to connect with, you know, other families to connect with and, and form a pod so that um, if you do have to work, your children are in a safe place where everybody. With the socialization aspect as well, which is always it's, a concern. It is important. It's, it's totally right. important. Although it's not nearly as important as we've been led to believe. Really. Well, meaning like take like going out, having fun, making friends, yes. like, Yes. That type of socialization. Like it's, yes. that's, I think the one piece where parents get maybe nervous about bringing kids into the home because it's like, what about the play dates? But I know there's groups and things like that, that right. there's homeschool pods that will be in the park and mm-hmm. take their yes. lunch there. Whatever you're, whatever you're looking for. I mean, I, I take my, this last two years, I've been taking my kids to a, a, a pod once a week. My oldest granddaughter who's 13 is doing a Shakespeare play. Um, I have been in charge of the the 10 to 12 year olds. And we just do a variety of activities just once a week. Those kids are all best friends. You know, mm-hmm. they, they do everything together. It's just once a week. This is all, all you need. And they can, you can do other social, you know, social things. Yeah, you can do sports and do all the other things. Sure. You, it, but it, it, you really don't need like daily six hours a day to have your children with other children, only their age to have them be properly social. Yeah, they pick up bad habits Hopefully and they not. come home. I'm like, where'd yeah. you learn that from? Where did you hear that one from? (laughs) So how long has this platform been around and where can um, listeners go? Because I think that this is a great tool. Um, I definitely, that's why I was interested in um, having you guys on the podcast to educate more because I think that what you don't know, you don't know. So if you don't know that those tools are out there and those resources, and if you're experiencing things and you don't know how to fix them, or you don't even know who to ask, to just, uh, you know, get the word out. So uh, we are actually launching July 23rd. It's okay. being built as we speak. It's uh, it's a big, massive endeavor as one can imagine. Um, but uh, yeah, they're going to go to 
uh, www.owlhomeeducationnetwork.com. And uh, right now, I would recommend doing that now and uh, get on our list. So that way, when we do get ready to launch, you can be notified and you don't miss, uh, you know, getting plugged in and start learning what we can offer you. And the, now is that and, for and both the goodies, sides? And the goodies for first, for first. Uh, oh yeah. Always, always yeah. perks for yeah. first. And is yeah. this for you to get signed up as a user or is this to get signed up as a provider or Either, both? Or. Either one? Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Right. And if you're, if you're looking to do, if you like my daughter-in-law in Vegas, she's, she's looking with another, um, with her friends and they have 60 children between them. They're looking to do a private school. They're, right. They want to do a private neighborhood school. And she's like, I don't even know where to start. We don't know what to do. We're going to give you the resources. We're going to help you. We're going to have some courses on how to do all these things, how to form a pod, et cetera. It'll be, I don't have it done yet. <laughs> right. Those will be there. Those resources of how you make those connections and, mm-hmm. and some, you know, ground rules and so forth. Because I know it's, it's like really scary for most people. Yep. Right. I short for a short time, I was an admissions director for a private Christian school and just the, like them to do like a summer camp. Uh, they had to get licensed and funding and they're like, we didn't know that. So now we're scrambling and we already started promoting it. So there's things that you, there's always these different moving parts and what's allowed, what's not allowed, especially if you're trying to do something from scratch. Right. And so having resources that are correct mm-hmm. and from people that know what they're doing or been there because self experience <laughs> yeah. is really very important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Thank where you we are. so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up here? And I'm going to have all the links for the listeners to go and um, check, check your stuff out. And uh, I'll be looking at it as well. You know, I'm, you know, the next yeah. year it's, is up in the air for me on what I'm doing with my kids in school. And I don't know if they're going to be staying in private, they're going public, you know, I'm, I'm going to be right there with y'all. So Cool. That's awesome. Well, I have to thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to uh, having everybody grow with us. 100%. Well, thank you again. And uh, check out uh, the OWL Learning Network and we'll have those those links. And thank you again for listening to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.